0: Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. I want to continue on preaching on the purpose and plans that God has for us. We have talked quite a few Sundays now about God's purpose and plans in our pursuits. Because when you don't have God's plans and purposes in the center of your life, in the focus, you'll be pursuing other things that God did not intend for you to pursue after. And that's why you don't get God results. And so we as believers, as Christians, know that it is God's will that we want to submit our life to and live for. It's no longer I will. Just like Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, He said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. This is the type of attitude and heart that we have towards God, our Father. Amen. It is God, not my will, but your will be done. No matter how I feel, no matter what I've gone through, no matter what people say, God, it is your will that I want to pursue after. And when that becomes the purpose and that becomes the plan, then As you pursue that, you will see the benefit of God's promises in your life. You will see God's word, when you apply it to your life, come into fruition in your life. Just like salvation, just like receiving the Holy Spirit, like receiving healing, it is when you act upon God's word, hence the word act, when you act, faith has action. Today, your faith has action. If it doesn't have any action, it's dead. Did you know that? We find this in James, that faith without works is dead. So that means as every single Christian in here today, you have to have faith, but also corresponding action to what you believe. Everywhere in the Bible that you see God's word spoken, people moved on that word and they saw God's word come into fulfillment. When the lady or the woman with the issue of blood, when she thought in her mind, How can I receive healing? Well, if I touch the hem of Jesus, I may be healed. Is it what she said in her mind. It's what she got in her heart. And what happened? Jesus, she touched the hem of Jesus and he looked at her and said, Woman, your faith has made you whole. Now we know that there was corresponding action to that faith. She had to get out of her house, she had to get amongst the crowd, and they could have killed her if, They could have stoned her if they wanted to because she wasn't supposed to be out. She had a disease. But in faith and corresponding action to what she believed, well, she touched that hymn and power went out of Jesus immediately. And immediately she was healed because of what? Her faith. Today, you can have all the faith in the world, but if you don't act upon your faith, it does you no good. It does you no good. Everywhere in the Bible. You want to see where there was immediate answers? You want to see where God answered people and God's promises came to fulfillment? There was action that corresponded to the faith that they had. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We know these. See, the problem with us as Christians is when we serve God for a period of time, God's word gets very common to us. And it's a very... Difficult place as a Christian when God's word becomes common to us because then we see it not for really what it is. We say, oh, it's just, it's just a bunch of words, you know. Yeah, I know it's true. I know it will work for me, but it hasn't worked for me this long. Or sometimes it works for me. But the reality is God's word never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's his word. And what God speaks, it is. When he speaks, it is done. God spoke the very world that we live in into motion. The very sun that we see, the darkness we see, the light, the water, the animals, everything on earth was created by God. Come on, by his words, what he spoke. So today, we have been given his word, the Logos, or Logos, the word of God, which is the written word of God. So today, if you want to hear from God, it's in his word. But on top of that, he also gave you his spirit, the Holy Spirit, who bears witness. Come on, he bears witness, meaning he is testifying. He's a witness. See, the Holy Spirit today will lead you if you allow him to. And how do you let the Holy Spirit lead you? You got to recognize His voice. And the problem is, if you don't recognize His voice, then you can't respond to Him. And how do you recognize His voice? You got to get into a place spiritually where you are intimate with God, intimate with Him. You got to know Him. It's not because we go to church, play the game do all the right things, that makes us a Christian, no. It is a heart that pursues after him, that wants to know him, that wants to abide in him, that wants to draw close to him, where we see the promise fulfilled in our life. So it says, for we walk. So there is walking that takes place in our life. We are walking. You're either walking forward Or you are walking backwards. And backwards literally is just being stagnant. You're not going anywhere. You're not doing anything. We know that serving God is not an idle relationship where we just sit there and do nothing. No, it is progressive in it's very relationship that we have with him. We are progressing. We are growing. We are increasing. We are being transformed like Romans chapter 12 says. And this does when we. This happens when we get in His Word, when we renew our mind, when we live in the Spirit, when we are living and serving after the things of God. When we ask, when we seek, when we knock, these are actions to our faith. In James chapter one, well, hold on. So we walk by faith. The so faith is the substance of things the. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, Romans chapter 11, or Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. So now, faith is the substance. What is the substance of things I'm hoping for and believing for? Faith. Faith in what? In His Word. It's the evidence. Faith is producing evidence of God's Word in my life. So if I'm not walking by faith, then what am I doing? I'm walking by sight. I'm walking by what I see, what I experience, what people tell me, what I feel in my body, what the doctor says, what I can't seem to get a grasp on in my heart. Sometimes when it comes to the word of God, you need to sit and meditate on it. If you don't understand it just yet, if it doesn't comprehend in your mind, take some time and just meditate. Because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 that he will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. Or you will begin to understand who he is. He will begin to reveal himself by his spirit. So you can't take sometimes of God's word just for face value. You got to spend time in it. You got to chew on it a little bit. You got to eat it. Got to think about it. Got to spend time in it. So if we're not walking by faith, we're walking by what? Sight. What do you see today? What's the obstacle in your life? What's the Jericho in your life? What's the Goliath in your life? What are the things right now that you are facing? When you see that, do you react in faith or do you react according to The soul, your mind, will, and emotions, which will produce fear. It will produce worry. It will produce doubt, unbelief. So if I'm not supposed to walk by sight and I'm supposed to walk by faith, then there is something that I obviously have to do when I'm walking in faith. James chapter 1. Verse 19, James chapter 1, verse 19, and it says this, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. The amplified version says this, but prove yourself, sorry, go verse 19. Let me uh, put this on mine. You're you're not going to have it up there. Changes to the amplified. Do we have amplified up there? Oh, we do. There we go. There you go. Understand this, my beloved brethren. Let every man be quick to hear, a ready listener, slow to speak, and slow to take offense and to get angry. Next verse: For man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God, what he wishes and he requires of us. So we know that we are righteous in God, right? We are in right standing with God because of our inheritance that we receive through Christ Jesus. So I'm in right standing, but we have works of righteousness, and anger does not produce that. It's hard to walk in faith when you're walking in anger. I just don't like that person. I don't like what they have to tell me. They don't know what they're talking about. Oh, they don't agree with me, so I'm going to be upset with them. I'm going to argue with them. I'm going to think a certain way towards them, and I'm just going to be angry. Well, that is not producing righteousness. Slow to hear. Slow to speak. Slow. Think about it. Slow. See, we live in a world where everything's fast. If it isn't my way, Get out. Watch out. I got a purpose. I got a plan. This is what I'm doing. If you're not with me, if you're not on board, you're not with me then. But this isn't the type of attitude that we have as Christians. Slow to speak. Slow to speak. The Bible says, quick to hear. Quick to hear. See, it says, for the therefore, in verse 20, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. And receive with meekness the implanted word. Receive with meekness the implanted word. Implanted. What do you think about that word implanted? Go back to the Amplified Version. Come on, can we just teach for a second? Same, same verse. Verse 21. So get rid of all uncleanliness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness, and in a humble or gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted where? In your hearts. It contains the power to save your soul. What does that mean, save your soul? Meaning you ain't going to be living in that soul. You're going to be living in the spirit when you receive the word of God, when you allow it to implant in your heart. You won't want to live any other way except by God's word. You won't want to live in anger. You won't want to live wicked. You won't want to live evil. See, probably I would say this humbly. A number one reason why you don't get results to your faith is because you are still living Living habitually, practicing sin. Oh, but I'm free from sin. Yes, you are. Through the redemption of the blood of Jesus Christ, thank God that we have been redeemed by the blood. I'm no longer a slave to sin, but we can still yield and submit to sin. You don't hear this much because this is confronting, this is challenging. God is not okay with you living habitually and practicing wickedness. He's not. He has called you into walk into a manner worthy of what he has called you to be. Called you to. There is a standard that we live. There's a standard. Why? Because it produces the fruits of the spirit. It produces fruit. And who needs to see the fruit? The people around you. It ain't about God necessarily. No, it's about the people around you can see the fruit of who you are in Christ. When I produce fruit, people around me see it. When I produce love, they see that I have love. When I produce joy, they see joy. Remember, your life isn't about just you. It's about the people around you. We got to get out of this way of thinking individualistic. You're not just an individual anymore. When you come into the body, remember, God sets you in a body. He sets you in a body as he pleases. You're a member of the body. Think about it, body. Every single one of us are connected in a body. Whether you like it or not, that is God's kingdom. That is how he operates. Now, we can operate the way we want to, but you won't see the fullness and the benefit of God's promise in your life. When there is division, when there is anger, when there is not love, a body cannot function properly. When there's not health, we are unable to do what God has purposed and called us to do. This is why your growth in Christ is so important. Because it's not about just you, but it's about the people around you, it's about your family. But not only is it about your personal blood family, but it's also about your other blood family, the blood of Jesus Christ. You are bought and purchased through that blood. You are now part of a larger family. But it says this: But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Meaning, I can hear. I can read, I can listen to a good message, get inspired, I can do all that, but it can do nothing for me if I don't do anything or act upon it, apply it. And this is why you got a lot of Christians defeated because they don't apply what they know. But the reality is they don't know much. And on top of that, you may know a lot, but if you never apply it, what good is that knowledge? And if anybody knows this, when you do have knowledge and you do have understanding and you start doing it and the process of doing it and the process of action, through experience, through process of time, you begin to grow even more and get even revelation in that time of working and doing. See, you can never experience the fullness of God's word until you live it out and do it. Because you won't understand it. You just see it for words. But when you begin to apply it, you're like, oh, wow, there's more to what what I just see. I'm living it. The Holy Spirit is revealing his word to me. I'm walking it out. But be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, deceiving yourself. So if I just hear, I'm deceiving. If I'm not doing anything, I'm deceiving myself. I'm in deception. I'm in deception. And I can be easily deceived when I'm just listening or just hearing but not doing. We've got a lot of good people that can hear but not a lot of people can do. And because of that, because of their not doing, when lie of the enemy comes, when the manipulation and deceit of the enemy comes, they're easily deceived. The Bible says they're easily tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine out there. But see, when I'm not just here, but I actually do, when I get some sweat in the game, when I start putting some work into it. Can I tell you that serving God, being in ministry, because guess what? You're all in the ministry. Welcome if you didn't know that today. You're in the ministry. You're ministers of the gospel. Ephesians chapter 4 says that the purpose of the fivefold gifts was, guess what? To equip you for the work of the ministry and to build his kingdom. Equipping and building his kingdom. You are ministers. Having a microphone in a pulpit doesn't make you a minister. No, that's just an office that God places in his church for the building of his body. That's all I am. I'm just a builder. I'm an equipper to equip you for the work. But when you put the work in, when you put the sweat in, oh, man. Then you begin to understand what you really believe. And then when challenges come, when things arise, you're like, no, I put too much work into this. It's like when you got a business and you put a lot of effort, you put everything into it, and it doesn't go your way. Do you just get up and quit? No. You keep on working. You keep on putting all the effort. You, keep, you just keep on pressing. You know what you got to do. There's a goal. Guess what? There's a goal in serving God. And that is what? Giving him your whole life, loving him with your mind, your soul, everything within you. That's the goal. It's not necessarily arriving to a place, getting to a position. No, that's a lie. It's just serving him. I can serve him. Sitting in a chair, cleaning the toilet, welcoming someone at the door, witnessing to someone at the grocery store. That's American. That's Texan right there, grocery store. I can serve God at my job. I don't have to have anything, be in some type of leadership role. No, I'll just serve God no matter where he wants me. That's what matters. And in that, you don't quit. You don't give up. Yeah, there'll be challenges. There'll be things that you go through. But guess what? You got a body here to help you, to hold you accountable, to support you, to encourage you. And maybe you've never experienced something like that where a body is actually there that really cares about you. Can I tell you today that we care about you? I care about what? Your growth. And, but I can't help you grow if I don't know you. I can't help you grow if you don't open up your heart and allow the word of God the, receive the implanted word of God with meekness. see, it is the truth of God's word that sets you free from earthly restraints and miseries of this life. We see in chapter two, or verse twenty five of James chapter one. But he who looks carefully into the perfect law or the law of liberty and faithfully abides in it, not having become a careless listener who forgets, but an active doer. Active doer means obeys. You can go back to the Amplified version. That's fine. But he obeys. He will be blessed and favored by God in what he does in his life of obedience. His life of obedience. How do I know I love God? I obey him. I do his word. So the truth of God's word will set you free from the earthly restraints. It will set you free from what you encounter in life. Meaning when you encounter things and you go through things, the way you look at it, the way you see it, the way you perceive it to be. Oh, it's all right. What did David say? What are you guys doing? Go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. You know what? Go there. Familiar scripture, but I think it's good for this moment. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Actually, 17. And we're going to go to. Everybody doing all right? Verse 28. Now, Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. Actually, go to 26. And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine so that he should defy the armies of the living God? We see that there is a giant named Goliath, which could be between the height of nine feet, some say, and others say close to 11 and a half feet. So we know that he's a giant. He's big. We see that there is fear in the camp. Everybody's terrified. This giant, Goliath. Is basically coming out and taunting them. them. And David, who's a shepherd boy, 17 years old, says, what's going to be done with this guy? What are you doing? What's going on here? This uncircumcised Philistine that he's going to try and come defy the armies of God? Like, what are we doing here? And then it continues on in verse 28. Now Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and his brother's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. Look at this. His own brother, his own blood, the way he sees his brother says, man, you're just up here to cause trouble. I know who you are. I know who you are. You ever had that before? And sometimes even your blood. Like, oh, I know who you really are. Oh, yeah, you believe that way. No, but I know who you really are. But did that, change David's perspective no see you may have people come against you when you're standing in faith and believing when trials and things come against you and they may be very close to you and say is God really going to work is his word really going to do that it didn't work for me it didn't work for so-and-so but you got to be very careful how you hear I don't know who this is for you got to be careful how you hear You can't live your life according to God's word by somebody else's idea. You're going to have to get it for yourself. Even the things that I preach. You're going to have to go back and study and say, is what he said really true? Because this isn't about a man's opinion. This isn't about an idea and what I think, and I'm going to expound on it. No. Just preaching the word to you. You can receive it. You can look into it for yourself, and God will reveal it through his spirit in you. Come on. And David said, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? He's like, come on, man. What are you talking about? He turned away from him toward another and spake the same way. And that person answered him again the same way as Eliab did. Now, continue on. Go to verse 34. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard, and I struck him, and I killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions, plural, and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defiled the armies of the living God. Man, I I love this story. I don't get tired of it. 17 year old. I've killed a lion. Lions? Bears? Oh my. Who's this giant? All you guys are fearful. You're scared. I'll go out. And David said. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Go and the Lord be with you. So God is with him. You can't do anything. Now listen, this is important. When you do something for God and when you're believing in God, you're going to have to have a word on what you're believing for before you even do anything. You can't do anything apart from God's word. Meaning, if you try to do something just on your own thought and your own idea and you don't got word for it, it ain't going to work. It is God's word that is the very foundation of what we believe. We know that Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So, why do sometimes people not get healed? Why do sometimes people not receive their healing? You know, I've seen people before and I'm going to use a story Actually, yeah, let me, let me use this story. This is a good story. This is going to help your faith. There was a preacher who was having a service, and the Spirit of God told him to call up anybody that was in a wheelchair, and if they had faith to believe to walk out of the wheelchair, they would. So you get five people that come up in wheelchairs. He looks at them and says, in the name of Jesus, get up, walk. Four of them get up, and they start walking. The church is praising. The church is celebrating. Now, the preacher notices one on the far right. They're not up. They're still sitting there, praying, hoping. And he goes to them and says, how come you're still in your chair? And this lady's response is, I can't get up. My legs don't work. You're saying, that's true. Yeah, it's true. Her legs don't work. But the man of God just said that he felt in his spirit that if they would have got up, they would be healed. But she didn't have faith for it. The word was, get up and walk. Not tell me what's going on, what the issues are, what you don't have, what you can't do. Get up and walk. You're saying, is it that simple? Yeah, it is. What is faith? It's the substance. It's the evidence. It's the proof. But how could I do that? That's unbelief right there. That's doubt. You show me anywhere in the Bible where it speaks the opposite of that. Show me. Guarantee you, you won't find anything. There was an anointing in that house for that moment for people to get up out of a wheelchair. Four of them did. One of them didn't. Why? Because of a lack of faith. They didn't believe. Now, that's a hard pill to swallow, I understand. But this is the thing what happens for us is what if I don't receive it the first time? That's the issue. Receive it right then and there because it's yours. It's yours. How do you know it's yours? You believe. You stand on God's word. It's mine. You don't waver. I mean, Abraham waited 20 years. So maybe there's a process to your waiting. Maybe it's immediate. Maybe it's not. And I think that's the biggest issue that we have is people pray and they believe, but then a moment later, they start speaking against it They start getting into doubt and unbelief because it didn't happen the way they thought it was going to happen. Just stand on God's word is all you got to do. Believe it. It could be immediate. It could be a few years. It could be a few months. I don't know how long it is. We don't, we don't see that. There could be an anointing in the house one day. And by the spirit of God, I could say, today, if you're sick in your body, stand up. You're healed. But what do you believe today? See, David knew what he believed. Goliath's nothing. He's just a man. Yeah, he might be big, but he ain't no match for my God. What's your Goliath today? What's the challenge today? But guess what? David moved in action. His faith had corresponding works. It did something. We know that he Ran after that giant with a slingshot, and he threw that stone in that forehead, stunned him, jumped on him, and cut his head off with a the sword. There was action to his faith. Today, you may be sick in your body. Today, you may be believing God for something. It's time to act in faith. Faith without works is dead. You say, what do I need to do? I don't know. Whatever the Lord tells you to do. Whatever the Holy Spirit prompts you to do. I don't know what it is. The woman with the issue of blood went out into the street. Got in the crowd. She wasn't supposed to. She wasn't supposed to. but She did it anyways. We see in Luke chapter 5, there was four guys that had a paralytic they couldn't get to Jesus because there was a crowd in the way. That didn't stop them. And they said, "Well, we can't get to him from the ground. Let's take him up to the roof. Or we're just gonna break the roof open." And what happened? Jesus saw their faith. Saw their faith. He saw something. He saw faith in action. Faith working. Don't just accept. What will be, will be. This is God's will. You're not going to find that. Do you even know what you're saying? Even in his redemptive plan that he gave to us through Jesus Christ, you think he wants you to be sick? You think he wants you to be in poverty and lack? Really? That's who we serve? I mean, come on, show me some scripture and verse on it. Oh, yeah, but Paul, he suffered. Okay. Okay. Does that mean just because you're going to go through things that you don't have faith? I guarantee you having faith in God is a lot better than not having faith in him. See, the Holy Spirit will prompt you, but you must respond. See, a lot of people think that God's healing power is just going to move on them and make them do something. (laughs) No, See, it's about you cooperating with his power. See, it is not the job of the Holy Spirit to demand himself upon you to make you do something. He won't do it. No, that would be an evil spirit, and he's not evil. See, evil spirits use force, and they try to drive a person, but the Holy Spirit will never do that. And we typically wait for the prompting, or we typically wait for the Holy Spirit to make us do something. But see, the way the Holy Spirit works is he urges you. He gives you a gentle push. Then it's up to you to respond. Whether it be for healing, whether it be to witness to somebody. There's been times in my life where the Holy Spirit said, go give that person money. I'm like, what? I don't want to do that. And sometimes even more than what I was able to do. Isn't that interesting? But I was obedient. There was times when I didn't listen, and I'm sure I missed out on But see, we got to learn how to be obedient to the Holy Spirit's prompting. You have a choice of whether you're going to obey or not. You have a choice of whether you're going to cooperate in faith with God's word not, or not. See, faith is acting on God's word, doing whatever he says to do in his word or through his word, and whatever he may say to us to do by the Holy Spirit. God can't help people who do not cooperate with him. See, we know that faith is giving substance to things hoped for. Faith will eventually bring into reality what you have Hope for. It will bring it into reality. And guess what? If you know, how do you know you believe? You act. Everywhere in the Bible, they believed, they acted. If you don't act, you don't you don't you don't really believe it. See, in Acts chapter 14, verse 8 to 10, I'm gonna close with this. It says that there sat a certain man at Lystria. Impotent in his feet, being a crippled from his mother's room, have never walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Paul could see that. He said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and he walked. See, Paul perceived that this impotent man had faith to be healed. Yet the man was still sitting there crippled. He was still sitting there crippled until he acted on his faith. It's time for you to act on your faith. What is it today you're believing for? Act on it. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.